The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey everyone, happy Monday to you. This is Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. I hope you are all doing well. I hope you had a fun and safe St. Patrick's Day on Sunday. And uh, hopefully you are in in the correct condition to uh, make it back to work on a Monday and be productive. Speaking of being productive, the Bengals have been pretty busy uh, we explained last time we went live, we explained how the team re-signed uh, a handful of their own players. They re-signed Bobby Hart to a, a now infamous contract. They re-signed uh, CJ Uzama on, on one of the first days of free agency there. And, uh, you know, they, they tendered some restricted free agents, all that kind of stuff. Now, uh, when we took the air, I believe it was on Friday when we took the air, uh, the, there was some news that broke kind of during and after. Um, so basically on the visit front, the Cincinnati Bengals uh, have brought in Danny Shelton, runs stuffing defensive tackle. We kind of briefly talked about that last time we were live, as well as uh, edge defender Vinnie Curry who was recently with the Buccaneers, was with the Eagles, uh, a guy that obviously they're looking to fill that vacancy that might be left by uh, Michael Johnson on the other side of the line there. So um, they're they're making moves there. Now, the other big news that came across the wire on Saturday was that the team has re-signed Tyler Eifert to another one-year deal. Now, we're still kind of searching for the terms there. We, we assume that this deal is going to be very similar. There might be a tiny bit of inflation to it because the salary cap has gone up, all that sort of thing. But I, I think all indications have that contract being very incentive-laden. Um, it's a lot of the things that Eifert can get in terms of pay is based upon him being available and being productive. So, you know, him doing that is mutually beneficial for him and obviously the team because when he's in the lineup, the offense is a different animal. And now we have an offense that very well could be more explosive, more pass-friendly, more points, all that kind of stuff under Zach Taylor and the the Rams, uh, former Rams regime there. So 
Very interesting move. Now, you look at the Eifert signing and you say, okay, the Rams didn't really employ tight ends all that much. They had Tyler Higby who made a few plays. Um, they had uh, Gerald Everett who made a couple of plays as well. But, um, you know, really those guys had 20-something catches, a few hundred yards, and I think a couple of touchdowns apiece. So, um, you know, there's nothing there that says, wow, this is a tight end-centric type of uh, type of offense that we will probably see with the Bengals. Now, there's going to be some nuances Obviously, because of the players that the Bengals employ, as opposed to who the Rams employ, Zach Taylor is probably going to put his own twist on some things as well. But for the most part, this should be a very similar-looking offense. But the other side of the argument is the Rams didn't have a talented pass catcher like a Tyler Eifert on their roster. So um, you would expect that if he's healthy, he's going to be in there as kind of a flex position, a red zone weapon, and really... Um, really help the team out in some capacities should he be healthy. Now, there's a couple of other things that need you need to kind of wonder about. We'll see as the year progresses and the offseason progresses what happens with Eifert. But is he going to be on a, a pitch count, a snap count, if you will? I mean, is he going to be a guy that you just use sometimes and uh, not an every-down guy, even if he appears to come into training camp and the season as healthy? Is he a guy that you give very limited, if any, preseason work to? Or do you give him some snaps because he missed so much of the, of the last season and really the past couple of seasons? Is he a player that is going to be a niche package player? Goal line, red zone, that sort of thing. Um, and that way you limit potential damage and injury issues there. How are the Bengals going to use, and, and uh, hopefully well, but how are they going to use both Uzama and Eifert in the offense? I think that both can do a lot of good things. Both are very athletic guys. Both are big guys. Um, both have had some injury issues in the past, Eifert more so than Uzama. Um, but, you know, I, I, it's going to be very, very interesting to see exactly how heavily the Bengals rely on Eifert this year. Is he just going to be an added bonus and, hey, if he's healthy, great, we'll use him. Or are they, might they still be wondering and, and might they still say, this guy's part of our, you know, part, a big part of our plans this year. And, uh, you know, we're not going to say automatically he's going to be injured Maybe that's their thought process. I don't know. But I think most people agree that it's probably a good idea and a good deal for the team to get Eifert back on. Um, the Bengals now, they had four tight ends entering the market. They lost Tyler Croft to free agency to the Buffalo Bills. Matt Langle is still out there, to my knowledge. But they bring back Uzama and Eifert, and now tight end, kind of. They probably need another one at some point, but I would say that that's probably a high day three pick. Um, at this point, I think now you have Eifert, you have Uzama, you have Mason Shrek, you have a couple of other undrafted guys that the, pre the past regime liked. So, um, you know, I think maybe now you kind of get a guy who can block a little bit more than these two guys in the draft, a day three pick, you know, fourth round, maybe fifth round. That, you know, that maybe bumps that need down a little bit. But now it's, it's very interesting, speaking of tight end and draft needs and all that kind of stuff. They re-signed their right tackle. Now, most of us are not 
pleased with the signing of Bobby Hart. It, it would be okay if he was coming back, but not really to the contract. And basically the, the numbers stipulating that he's going to be a starter. That is not really sitting well with a lot of people. But they seem to have their right tackle, at least for this year. They now signed John Miller, a guard from Buffalo, who, uh, given his contract, he appears to be the starting right guard. So now he will probably supplant Alex Redmond if and when he signs his restricted free agent tender. And, you know, so you look at that and you say, okay, well, guard slash tackle was a big need going into the draft. Tight end was a big need going into the draft. Um, you know, potentially defensive lineman and edge rusher or an, an interior lineman to be the heir apparent maybe to Geno Atkins or team up next to him um, and rotate with Andrew Billings and kind of kind of be different players there. Uh, you know, I, I, it's going to be very interesting to see what the Bengals do with their first two picks in this draft. Um, it, will they will they be get drafting a guy, a tackle, a linebacker? Um, to to you know be be a future guy uh, a guy they they you know use and and is a long term more of a long term pick instead of I mean all, all of your picks in, in early in the draft should be long term you should have a long term vision with them but what I mean is you know is it more yeah they'll play a little bit as kind of the Marvin Lewis plan they'll play a little bit as rookies but it's really more about year two year three whereas you know, instead of now, if you, if you didn't sign some of these guys, you draft a guy, and it's you need to have that immediate impact. Regardless, I think Zach Taylor needs to have immediate impact players. This team has not drafted immediate impact players over the past couple of years with high picks. Um, so you know, you gotta uh, you gotta net a big pick. You know, what, linebacker still looms as one of the largest needs that the Bengals have. I still think offensive tackle is a need, despite having Cordy Glenn locked up and having Bobby Hart locked up. I think offensive tackle long-term is a, is a position you will want. But the thing is with linebacker, the Bengals did the same thing there and they, they re-signed Preston Brown, um, their, their third internal free agent uh, that they re-signed, Eifert being the fourth. And, you know, they um, – they think he's going to be that middle linebacker. Now I think he's a one maximum of two down linebacker for the team, but he is the middle linebacker. And when you look at, you know, what the Bengals may be drafting Devin Bush or Devin white at the linebacker position at number 11, uh, white especially is an inside linebacker. So, you know, do you say, well, um, Devin white still seems like more of a two, maybe three down linebacker, three down player, you know, do you make that and move Preston Brown around, or do you do you make that pick and move White to an outside position? Uh, it's it's very interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, speaking of linebacker, more big news for the Cincinnati Bengals. And for some, it was expected. For some, not. I think, uh, well, by now, most people realize that Vontez Burfecht, former Pro Bowl linebacker for the Bengals, has been released by the team. And is uh, in doing so, this, the team is saves over $5 million in salary cap space this year. Now, the move makes a lot of sense from a business and financial standpoint. Financially, the Bengals are probably looking for contact, contract extensions for players like Tyler Boyd, for A.J. Green, for William Jackson. They got two done last year in Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins. They like to get those deals done before a year before those te- those players hit the market. A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd are in the last year of their respective deals. Um, Tyler Boyd coming off his first career 1,000-yard season. A.J. Green is still as dominant as ever when he is healthy. Unfortunately, he has not been healthy. But um, the Bengals are going to want to, I would assume, lock those guys up very long-term. Uh, maybe even for a guy like Green, he's he's set to have a $15 million cap hit this year. Maybe if you restructure the contract, spread that money out a little bit, maybe you can dip that that money uh, down, the cap hit down a little bit this year. But Tyler Boyd is in line for a big pay raise, that is for sure. Both guys have made it clear that they want to stay in Cincinnati, so those will be off-season priorities and probably where this $5 million will be used. Now, it's possible that the Bengals look at some other outside guys. They've flirted with the idea of Brandon Marshall, the linebacker, for, linebacker who was formerly with the Broncos. As I mentioned, they had a visit lined up on Monday with Curry. Uh, they visited with Danny Shelton. Um, you know, there are probably some other guys. Zach Brown is a linebacker that could be out there and help them and, and, and be cheaper. Um, you know, right now as we sit here, th- there are still some very good players on the market. Um there might be some rental deals that could that could occur. Um, you know, you may you, there's an Indomitian Sue. Maybe he has uh, an affinity for Zach Taylor and wants to join the Bengals and play next to Geno Atkins and and you know kind of rotate and do all kinds of things there. Maybe he could be had for a decent one year rental deal with the Bengals after signing one of those with the Rams. Um, you know, the, Zach Brown I mentioned is a guy that uh, a lot of Bengals fans would like, but um, he kind of comes with a little bit of baggage. Uh, you know, so there there's there are places for this money to be used. But Vontez Perfect, going back to him, he was slated to be the weak side linebacker next to Preston Brown this year. A lot of people thought this release was coming because of the financial side, but also, um, you know, part of the business side isn't the financial side. Part of the business side is a PR side. Part of it is, you know, uh, it's tied into the money, but, you know, he like Eifert, he was just not available. And unlike Eifert, he was unavailable because of a lot of things that he did himself. Um, you know, poor tackling leading to concussions, poor tackling leading to suspensions, and really a dip in play last year, a, a large dip in play last year, a little bit of the same in 2017. But, um, you know, really from 2012 to 2015, even though he missed some time in 2015, he was a very dominant player and a very feared player. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people wish that, he wasn't his own worst enemy in a lot of ways. I wish, I think a lot of people wish that the NFL didn't have this big target on his back. I think a lot of people wish that he could stay healthy. And, uh, you know, sometimes his reckless style of play 
led to some self-imposed injuries. So, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a shame, but uh, Vontez Perfect is no longer with the Cincinnati Bengals. The move saves over $5 million in cap space. Hopefully the Bengals not only use that some of that money to stay keep their own and uh, maintain the talent level that they have on the roster, but also to improve the team. Because right now, they're in free agency. What they have done, there has been not a lot of vast improvements. It's been more about keeping treading water from the last year or two and really opening up the draft. Now, treading water for a team that has been successful is fine. This team is coming off of three straight losing seasons and has not been the same since losing that wild card game against the Steelers. And I, you know, I don't know that treading water and or not really making you know some some splashier moves is the right way to usher in the, a new roster and the Zach Taylor Zach Taylor regime. But um, you know, I mean, I, I think we said this before. We, th- I think most people think that the Miller signing at right guard is probably a marginal upgrade. Everywhere else is, you know, maybe Uzama continues to improve, and that's a little bit of an upgrade at the tight end position. Maybe Eifert's healthy. And to me, that's a risky proposition. You know, the Bengals are basically banking on the fact that, you know, a lot of their stars were hurt last year. So they're banking on health. And I, th- I think that's a risky thing to do in this sport and in the NFL. We're going to get to couple of questions and comments I'm seeing here. For those of you who do not know, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. We're talking about the Bengals re-signing Tyler Eifert. We're talking about the Bengals losing or releasing Vontez Perfect. We're also talking about some of the other signings that uh, we've talked about a little bit so far on other iterations of this uh, of these Facebook Lives and on the feed of, of the Orange and Black Insider, but um, I think it's all worth discussing because it has been a pretty active free agency period on a number of different fronts for the Cincinnati Bengals, including on some of those visits. So getting to some of these comments and questions here, um, I'm sorry, I, I've been kind of blabbing a little bit, but uh, Patrick Houday says they should have waited until the draft to, uh, to cut perfect. And then there was another, unfortunately, I didn't see who it was, but there was another um, person asking if, if, the, uh, if the Bengals will be drafting a linebacker at number 11. I briefly talked about it. I, I definitely think linebacker is in play, and I think, unfortunately, I think whoever the Bengals do not get, whether that is Devin White or Devin Bush, I think one of those players will end up in the Steelers because they are a very linebacker-hungry team right now who knows maybe even perfect will join the Steelers and that would be a very interesting thing right now I think perfect it's probably a favorite to land with the Raiders with Paul Gunther who's over there maybe the Steelers but uh, we'll see what happens there but I think linebacker is definitely in play especially if the Bengals do not do more in free agency James Evans in the in the live Facebook uh, chat here asked that are we done in free agency um, I don't think they're done I don't think there's going to be uh, you know, a ton of moves at this point where you say, wow, that would, there it is. That's the move we've been waiting for. I think you're going to see some rental deals by maybe some somewhat familiar veterans. Um, you know, I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Darquez Denard. He had a visit with the Chiefs, but I think he is asking for quite a bit of money that not a lot of teams are really, including the Bengals, are uh, ready to give out to him. So, um, you know, I think you'll see some guys – we know the Bengals' free agency profile in terms of outside guys. Likely a person who is cut, so it does not affect their compensatory formula. 
a person who they can get on a, you know, cheaper deal, less guaranteed money, maybe a short-term deal, a rental type of deal, and a player who was drafted high who maybe never really lived up to their draft billing. Um, still has some skills, you know, all that kind of stuff. But usually those are the people that they bring in. That's why they've set up visits with Danny Shelton and Vin Vinny Curry. I mean, those are two guys. Shelton was a first-round pick. Curry was a second-round pick. And those are guys that did some things with respective clubs but never lived up fully to their to their billing there. Um, Bam Bam Heaston says, trade up. I don't know who you're trading up for. I mean, I guess at this point, quarterback has to be in the conversation of who the Bengals may draft because, like I said, they they think they took care of right tackle. They think they took care of right guard. They think they took care of their middle linebacker position. They think they took care of tight end. So, um, you know, I guess if, if you want, you could trade up for a quarterback. Personally, unless you are absolutely in love with one of these prospects, I am not. Uh, I, I, I don't think, I think you let people fall to you, uh, especially if you're looking at a quarterback in this draft. I just, I don't think a lot of, uh, with, with the five first round quarterbacks that were taken last year, um, many others over the, over the past couple of years, I, there's just not a lot of teams that need quarterbacks that are drafting high this year. And, um, you know, one of those guys that you may like may fall to you at number 11 without needing to trade up and give up draft capital. This this roster needs a rebuild as well. They need help at wide receiver. Maybe, like I said, another tight end. They need multiple linebackers. Um, they need some defensive line help, especially interior guys. So, and then they need a quarterback, whether it's, you know, maybe to supplant Andy Dalton one day or at least someone they think can back him up and win some games should Dalton go down. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if, if giving up a, a lot of draft capital, unless you are absolutely in love with a quarterback, I personally am not this year. Um, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense. Uh, would they actually draft a quarterback with their first pick? I think they would. Yeah, I think they would. It just depends on who's there. It depends on um, who they like. Uh, if you're asking me right now, the three guys I uh, – I don't know if Haskins is really on their radar, but I think I think they're intrigued by Kyler Murray, I, I would say. Um, they've been linked to Daniel Jones. They met with him. Uh, and, you know, they went to Murray's Pro Day at Oklahoma along with Cody Ford, who's an Oklahoma guy. Um, and, you know, I, th I think also Drew Locke may be in the mix as well. So, um, you know, uh, we'll see, but I don't know. I don't know if they're going to take a quarterback, but I think it's probably going to be discussed, especially depending on who's there. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, Nathan Taylor says if Haskins falls to 11, might have to pull the trigger. Yeah. Uh, Deborah Shields says Justin Herbert next year, the Oregon kid. He's a beast. Yeah, I think he's going to be a good player. Um, he needs to he needs to take a little bit of a jump this year. He kind of dipped a little bit, but, yeah, I think he's going to be a good player. Um Stephen Frazier, let's be real. Brown thinks new coach will bring back fans and put money in his pocket. Well, this is where I've been kind of wavering here because Mike Brown, when he hired Zach Taylor and decided not to bring back Marvin Lewis, he kind of alluded to the fact that um, he, quote-unquote, heard the fans in, in the form of you know them not going to games, not attending games, not buying tickets towards, you know, really the last couple of years. Um, but 
fans have been asking for a lot of other things for a lot of years. So I, I don't know if I fully believe that. There's still no Ring of Honor. There's still no Bengals Hall of Fame. There's still no indoor practice facility. There is still no, uh, you know, big splashes in free agency. Um, so, I, I mean, there's a lot of same. Uh, and, and really what they are doing is, yes, they've made a lot of changes that a lot of people wanted to see at the coaching ranks. Um but what they have done is they are basically, as, as I mentioned earlier, they are basically betting on the fact that they've accrued enough talent that just has not been healthy the past couple of years. And they think they're close with the roster and some of the skill positions that they have. And they're not fully wrong in, in that assumption. I mean, if A.J. Green stays healthy, if Tyler Boyd stays healthy, if Tyler Eifert stays healthy, if Andy Dalton stays healthy, and if Joe Mixon stays healthy, that's a lot of weapons on offense. But big ifs on all of those because AJ Green has landed on injured reserve two of the last three seasons, Andy Dalton, two of the last four seasons, Tyler Eifert, two of the last two seasons. Um, you know, Joe Mixon missed a couple of games last year. Tyler Boyd missed a couple of games last year because of injury. So, I mean, those are, that's a big if, but if, if that pays off, that's huge. And the other thing they're hoping for and banking on is the fact that this coaching staff, this young coaching staff, this unproven coaching staff that may be youngry, I guess, quote unquote, they are betting that the combination of improved health and this new staff, that that'll be the key to turning around the Bengals. It could very well happen, but to me, that's a lot of eggs in two baskets when there are other baskets that also need to be filled and, and other things organizationally that need to be done that, that are not. So um, that's, that's kind of uh, where I'm at with Steven's Steven's uh, take there. Uh, (laughs) Tommy Pennington, last place. Let's go. I I guess I'll end on that. It's a sour note, but I'll end on it. Um, Look, the Bengals deserve to be underdogs at this point. They deserve to be looking at, at a possible basement type of situation in the division. And that's based on their last three years. They have not had a winning season in three years. They have not had an eight and eight season in the last three years. Baltimore just won the division and have it, have a young quarterback there. Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. They've lost a lot of talent, but they are Pittsburgh. They are not down for long. And we all know at this point what Cleveland has done, and now they're everybody's darling. I'll say this. I am not a believer in the Cleveland Browns this year. That doesn't mean that they won't win the division. That doesn't mean that what everybody thinks it will come true won't. I just need to – they have one playoff appearance since their re-inception in the NFL since 1999. They won seven games last year. And granted, they were on a hot streak at the end of the year, and they've made some significant moves this offseason, but it's one of those things that those moves could really blow up if if the egos get in the way, if the inexperience of a Freddie Kitchens at head coach gets in the way. Um, so I, I still think that this division could be wide open based on people overbetting on, potentially overbetting on the Browns, and uh, you know maybe there's some sophomore slumps in there from some of those players. The Steelers have lost some significant talent. The Ravens have lost some significant talent, and who knows if a sophomore slump is coming for Lamar Jackson. But the Bengals, they have not had the most uh, inspiring start under Zach Taylor, be be it 
from you know kind of a lack of splash moves in free agency and the late start that this staff got because of Taylor being in the Super Bowl. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza. This has been a Facebook Live session with CincyJungle.com, and you can also get this audio on our Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Keep it to CincyJungle.com for all the news, opinions, analysis, breaking news, all of that good stuff. Um, we'll, we'll be continuing to get that to you. And the Orange and Black Insider for stuff like this. More analysis, in-depth, good guess, you know, all that good stuff. So uh, that, that podcast is also on Stitcher, on Google Play, on iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's on uh, YouTube. It's on the Cincy Jungle website. So uh, it's also on the Megaphone platform. So get it there. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy uh, your Monday, and we'll talk to you soon.